0: With your words like knives and swords and weapons that you use against me, you Have knocked me up my feet again, got me feeling like a nothing, you With your voice like nails on a chalkboard, calling me out when I wounded you Picking on the weaker man
1: Hey losers! Hey, that's bullying.
0: There's no bullying allowed on this podcast. That's right, because you're
1: listening to Kids Get Acquainted with the Internet, a Girl Meets World podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Keith.
2: And today we're talking about episode 13 of Girl Meets World, Girl Meets Flaws.
0: Snazzy. Yep.
1: Alright, so this week we're a little bit more low on time, so we're switching up our format a little bit. We're not talking about a specific Girl Meets World episode, and we're also, like, usually we sort of recap the episode. Girl Meets World, we go, like, point by point by point. Instead, we're going um, a little bit more thematically, talking about the major themes um, so first of all, let's just talk about Boy Meets World a little bit. Let's talk about how they dealt with bullying. So they introduced in season two these characters of Harley and Joey and Frankie. And what did you think about how they tackled bullying?
0: I think for the most part they didn't. Yeah, you can definitely say that they just used it as a TV trope and they used it for sort of like a little comedy thing, something that the you know characters of Corey and Sean had to avoid mm-hmm. in different you know comedic ways. Uh, they definitely kind of went into it when they had the episode where Frankie was, you know, sort of abandoned by Joey, or no, Joey was expelled. Joey was like
1: suspended or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was after, it was well after um, Harley, left. Harley and Griff were gone, and it was, Joey was with Frankie, and then Joey was suspended or expelled or something, and he had to find a way to turn himself around, so they did tackle it a little bit in that episode, But not quite head on.
2: Yeah, I would say that with all the dramatic episodes and topics Boy Meets World tackled, this is one of them, one of the realistic topics that they didn't try to. And I agree that it was more used for comedy and side things. Like, it was a joke that Frankie was a complex character Mm. by giving him the softer side. But that's still kind of a... Almost a TV stereotype yeah, I mean, still.
0: Well, it was... I, don't I think that when they have the home... They, I mean, they show his home life yeah. and they have different the things. The thing is,
1: I'll say is, I think that they went into it as far as in, they they showed what the bully was, but they didn't really dramatically delve into what happens to being bullied, like what right. being, being bullied means. Because, right. mm-hmm. like, like, Corey was never actually really, actually terrorized. It was more played for... Less. Like, the only time you can really point out is the very first introduction of Harley, where the whole day he's freaking out and thinks he's going to be beaten up. That's, like, the only time you can really point to. But even that is mostly played for laughs. Well, we
0: did have him and Joey wrestling that one time. I mean, that wasn't... I mean, it was similar, but... Yeah,
1: but, okay. but my, I will say, generally, for me, even though I really like all of these characters, I love Harley and I love Joey and Frankie. I think they're really fun additions to the show. I do think Boy World sort of missed an opportunity to show the, you know, what it really means to be a victim of bullying and that, you know, for a show that is so dramatic...
0: And and how to deal with bullying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And because not only is it sort of a missed opportunity, it's kind of like you're making light of something really serious. And it was a different time back then where bullying wasn't as much in everybody's mind.
2: They did have sort of side things, though. Like in Corey's Alternative Friends, they had the two girls that he thought was talking about them. Um, It's a different kind of bullying, obviously. It's not a physical, but Mm. uh, verbal kind of bullying where he thought they were calling him a Brillo head and he was so self-conscious and it was so in his head yeah. um, that he went and drastically changed his appearance because of it. Mm. Um, That's
1: interesting. I didn't even think of that. Well, you we also have, I mean, honestly, season one, part of the issues that I have with season one is that it's hard for me to relate to Corey because Corey and Sean are completely bullying Minkus the whole time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, they don't really delve into it in that degree, but... That is definitely, there is there is definitely bullying throughout the show. I mean, Eric bullies Corey in a lot of ways, too. But well, it's that's really, a little different. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But it is, it's just, yeah, so they don't really tackle it. They don't have, like, the bullying episode, whereas the Scrollmates World one is very much trying to be the, we're going to tackle bullying.
2: And this is corresponding with Disney's Choose Kindness campaign, which is in October, the anti-bullying campaign month.
1: All right, so let's get into our general thoughts on Girl Meets Flaws. This was, you know, they are tackling bullying, and for me, this is an episode that I think works well as, like, a kid's episode about bullying. But for me personally, as an older viewer, I wish it had gone a little bit more in-depth, and, you know, hadn't, you know, it felt like it didn't feel super realistic to me, because it sort of made it a little bit too nice. And the message is good, and the topic is good, and there's some funny moments, but...
2: Yeah, I feel like, especially when they brought up the turtlenecks, I Mm. felt that was dumbing down the topic. And this can be a really serious thing that kids deal with all the time in middle school and high school. And I just, I, I feel like they didn't take it quite as seriously as they could have.
0: For me, it felt pretty superficial in a lot of ways. And it's almost insulting the intelligence of the viewers that it refuses to to be as authentic as it needs to be and it has the very cookie cutter qualities that really take away from any real message that could be garnered.
1: Well, here's the thing is, I think that, that it has a good and real message, though I mean there's some foggy bits that we can talk about later, but I think the issue is more that it is placed in a context that isn't super realistic. Especially I don't know why they had to go to the level of In the same episode, we're going to explain why the bully is this way and have him change his mind. It's because that just isn't, you know, most of the time, that's not the world we live in. The bully isn't going to, you know, wipe the thing that he said off of your forehead and apologize and be like, I need to think about this now. Yeah, Especially not that quickly.
0: I would say if you you boil down the episode to like a four-sentence synopsis. You could say, that has a good message. Yeah. I don't know if the episode itself has a good message.
1: I I just feel like if I had a kid, or if I was a kid, who had just been, like, seriously bullied, and then I watched this episode, I would...
0: Are you kidding me? Yeah,
1: Yeah. I'd be pretty upset. I'd be like, I'm going through some really serious stuff, and this is really oversimplifying it and making it seem like you can fix it in a second.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it kind of felt like something that you would watch... In like a freshman health class about these kind of issues. It's not this bad, but mm. it kinda of reminded me of that Saved by the Bell scene where they're talking about the the energy pills she's taking, mm. which are supposed to be like r- really awful. Yeah. And that was supposed to be like a huge dramatic moment. Yeah, and it's yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, most yeah. laughable moments in TV history.
0: Yeah. I, I have no clue what to
1: tell <laughs> And probably most of our viewers don't either, but I know what you're
2: It is Saved by yeah. the Bell, guys. <laughs>
1: If you don't want to walk Saved by the Bell Walk, the kids react to Saved by the Bell, or teens react, I believe it is.
2: It's got Maisie Williams (laughs) in it. and it
1: has that scene, if you want to know what we're talking about. Yeah, no, so, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm quite as negative as you guys are, but I do think that it did bring it to a non-realistic place near the end. I thought that a lot of the build-up worked for me. And I also don't necessarily have an issue with the turtleneck thing because, I mean, people do make fun of each other for their clothes all the time. And I can understand being, you know, hurt that somebody made fun of something that is, like, your signature thing.
0: But, especially yes, in middle school.
2: I guess I can get yeah, that, I, yeah. it's, Well,
0: it's not, that they didn't, it's not the fact that it's ridicule about attire. Yeah, And I think that's really just a placeholder, mm. for me, it feels like. Because I couldn't think of anything that fit the bill to be just... Like, just edging enough yeah. to the point that it's ridicule, but, like, enough that they can say, oh, but it's still okay, there's nothing violent or that abusive about it that it would yeah. be traumatic in any way. Yeah. I
2: think what would have just made it stronger for me is if I actually saw the interaction of Farkle being bullied. and maybe, Because that's the moment that you feel connected to the character. Yeah. That's the moment where you see someone take something about this person, whether it's important to them or not, but pick it apart... And throw it back in their face, and you see them their reaction to it.
1: So I agree. I think that it's interesting that they decided to do this format where it's sort of like a who done it, who made fun of him, um, you know, and it's a reveal. And I think that's I, I thought that was sort of interesting because we were seeing how he was affected, and it, the idea, I guess, behind it is to reveal. Oh, you think this kid is nice? Well, guess what? Anybody can be a bully. I guess that was what their intention was. I don't know, as a, as a you know, savvy TV viewer, I immediately knew, oh, we have a random new best friend, he's probably the bully, especially considering <laughs> he's the athletic one, like... Yeah, yeah. well,
0: for,
2: when I saw that, I was just like, oh, it, you know, it makes sense he's the bully, he's the popular guy, he's, yeah. like, really outspoken, yeah. you, like, don't have any glaring issues with him, like, he's tall, yeah. he's athletic-looking... He's up for the Scholar, the Athletic Scholar Award.
1: And, yeah, he's into competition. But the thing is, like, I don't really have an issue with the fact that I could figure it out. I'm fine with the fact that I could figure it out because, you know, maybe other people couldn't. But it is an issue, you know, Keith, you were talking about this, that it's, again, it's that they're telling you that he was bullied instead of showing the
0: bullying. Right. I, I just don't understand the artistic merit of having that format. I think you can get that sort of, oh, anybody can be a bully just as much if instead of, having this weird mystery that you just have scenes before the bullying. Yeah. You have the scene with the bullying, maybe with Lucas not present. Mm. Then you have somebody telling him about it. Then he gets into the same sort of like defending sort of, Oh, I'm not going to be violent, even though you want me to take care of it. And then you have Lucas witness the bullying. And then that's when he starts to lose his cool. And then it gets kind of back on track to what happened in the episode. And that would be not only more visceral, but more believable and i think much more effective. Okay.
1: I have a question for you. Yes. And that's what how would you have handled the end of this episode? If what would you have done with the bully at the end of the episode? Because i do i have my i think for me the big my biggest issue is that he in the same episode admits all of his faults to a group of people, apologizes and wants to be friends with the person he bullied. That just yeah. doesn't doesn't happen in life. Also
2: how the class was so in unison like that's a bad thing to yeah. do. I just, that didn't quite seem believable to me, especially if he was supposed to be a popular person. Mm. He would have a friend or two that was backing him up with this.
1: Yeah, in the in the baseball team. I think it's weird that we didn't see the rest of the baseball team joining in. Like, yeah. I, when I first heard about this episode, I really believed that, like, in gym class, Jock kids would be, like, making fun of Farkle, and Lucas, feeling pressured, would say comments that would really hit Farkle bad and like maybe you know doesn't that make sense and then then
0: lucas becomes a bully becomes ashamed about it and then he can be the one that finds redemption exactly and that would make sense but when you have this sort of like perfect villain character right and it's just all they care about is being a jerk you can't have that be a turnaround it will never feel real or resolved when you have a character like that do a complete 180 yeah
1: but okay, we've been we've been kind of negative. I have a, a list here of funny slash favorite moments that we did enjoy throughout this episode because there were a lot of high points for me. The first two things that I have, I liked the opening interaction with Maya and Riley. I liked the whole thing of like Maya's cool, so she gets the award, and then then like is cool about it. I also just liked that she was like angry that like you know it's rigged and you know, you can't, no, I don't, I deserve an award. And then she like makes Riley agree with her. I thought she never
2: had funny. a chance, Matthews.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that worked, that worked for me. Um, I also enjoyed the thing with the answering machine with Sparkle leaving that call center thing there and like the music, the whole music playing and the way Corey reacted to it. I thought it was fun.
2: I did like Corey's reaction. It kind of reminded me of my parents when they're on the phone yeah. with these sort of <laughs> customer support things. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things that I liked from this episode is we actually got more proof uh, that Riley is good in school and that she's cares about being studious because she knew the answer in class uh, to Corey's question of who Malala is and that she stood against the Taliban and she's this historical icon now from the Middle East.
1: Yeah, and I like that they, especially because she's like a feminist icon. I do like that that sort of ties in with Topanga's background too. I think I could believe that Topanga might talk to her about that.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting note, yeah. because I feel like we've been losing some of Riley's Topanga-esque characteristics.
0: So on the other hand, we have Maya, who, when questioned about the uh, identity of Gandhi, replies with, Oh yeah, he freed uh, Ireland, which <laughs> <This> was funny. <laughs> yeah. And then we have Billy, you know, hope, I th- we think we are left to assume that he was joking,
1: I think it's ambiguous, but...
0: Because Corey reacts as if he's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we're supposed to think that he's joking, saying that Jackie Robinson was the first Irish uh, Major League player after he was freed by Gandhi. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I also liked Corey's, like, interaction with mine. He's like, you mean India? And she's like, was that before or after Ireland?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved that whole that whole section. It worked for me really well. Good flow from character to character.
2: Yeah, Corey's uh, kind of fed up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And then, okay, so a big positive for me this episode was Harley in general. There are a few lines that I really liked, but just, I thought that he as a character is working, and I really do hope that we see more of him throughout the show.
2: Yeah, he's not quite what I was expecting, yeah. but I have not been let down by Harley at all, and I like seeing him. He had those interesting interactions with the bully, which, in the context, were okay, but I still liked them for his character. Yeah.
0: And we have that really nice joke when we have, uh, Corey walks in after everyone's gathering in the janitorial closet. And we have a little, you know, the recognition of, oh, Johnny Baboon, and you have that sort of like, oh, I told you not to tell anybody. Yeah. And <laughs> that, then... was, that
1: was fun.
2: Yeah, the kids' reaction to that was great. Yeah. <laughs> I... I want some follow-up with that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and what I really liked is on the, on the parting side of that, where, you know, he's sort of, like, reprising this sort of faux bully role, oh, don't give me all your lunch money, and Corey goes, oh, I'm a teacher, I don't have any. Yeah, <laughs> that, <was nice. laughs>
1: that worked for me well. Yeah, I thought that was good. I, I do have a question for you about, about him in general. Like, how do you feel about the fact that, like, last week, they int- he was his introduction, right, and they didn't really make any of these references until the very end, and then this is the episode where everything we were, like, kind of expecting happened, where, like, he referenced how he bullied
0: Corey, and... I think yeah. that's fine. I, I think that's what they should do is introduce things a little softer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it set it up. It didn't kill me with anything. Yeah. It, it was used uh, efficiently and effectively to the ends of the plot of the episode. It didn't yeah. get in the way. didn't step on anybody's shoes. And on here, where there's a little more time to get mm-hmm. into it, you can say... You know, oh, and look, and he got me this job, and turned everything around. Yeah, I love
2: that. I I love the fact that Corey got him the job. I was kind of hoping that that would be a major storyline for Corey, but I still like that that side note, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, also remember, just because they mentioned it doesn't mean they can't expand on it later.
1: Um, And then another thing that I liked the, you know, like a little piece of it, but then we didn't get a ton of it, but, you know, we can expand it for future episodes, was that... We had a little bit of Corey and Topanga alone, and this is like one of the first times we've had that in like 10 episodes or something, I feel like. Since, yeah. since Girl Meets the Truth, right? So we had yes. A, yes, at least, I was, you know, I liked seeing a little bit of them alone, and then the pieces of the Eva story that worked for me was just their reactions to her, and, you know, when she bursts in like that and is like all crazy, and just see how upset their faces are really worked for me.
2: I can feel them at that point. It was
0: strange that it seemed like... So their immediate reaction to the whole, like, no, like, yay, no kids thing, that seemed to be aimed at a younger audience. And then, like, very quickly started to shift it to maybe a slightly older audience, or... I'm not sure, yeah, I'm not not quite sure what that was. It was, like, a middle ground. And then all of a sudden they switched it right back when Ava came in, I felt. Mm.
1: The thing is, I don't know, I still feel like that's a thing that is even though the what Ava was doing is more probably aimed at younger kids, I think it's the idea is that it is like if you're a parent and you're like, you know, you can sort of relate to oh we had this one moment of free time, we finally thought we were gonna be alone and then the children burst back into our lives. I can sort of I can <laughs> see relating to that if you're a parent.
2: The Bay Windows scene this episode was also really good. We had Lucas in Riley's home for the very yeah, first time, which was really interesting. Yeah, And I was the whole time waiting to see, like, what would happen with that. Yeah, with Corey.
1: Um, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. I was, like, as soon as I, like, saw a screen cap of Lucas sitting on the bay window, I was like, someone's gonna go now." <laughs> <laughs> and we have this whole explanation of this is a very special place to us Lucas and he's like do you ever talk about me here and then she's like I don't know what to do start over and then he asks it again yeah. she's like I don't know what to do <laughs> she's
1: like this is bad advice Maya <laughs> yes
0: yeah, so that, that worked for me really well I what are we that trying some... to get from that are we trying to get that he's vain and wants to hear himself being talked about is that what we want to get I, I,
2: I... I thought it was tension between him and yeah. Riley because we already know that they like each other That we yeah. had in Girl Meets Boy they have their texting relationship yeah. We yeah. have the yeah. episode where Riley has her first kiss, and yeah, he was like, well, I'll have my moment. Yeah. And so I think it's just a little more build-up of that. He's
1: hoping that he's worth
0: being talked about.
2: Because it's a place where they talk about all the important things, yeah. like she
0: said. Yeah, but why would he bluntly say that twice?
1: I think it's supposed to... I think it is supposed to be a little bit of, like, arrogance, but, but, like, me. in the, like... In the, like, yeah, okay kind of way. Like, I mean,
0: it makes sense to me if it was placed in the sort of context where, like, when Eric's like, that's not about me, you know what <laughs> I mean? but I don't
1: think it was that kind of vanity. I think it was more like, he, he like, kind of wants to make her uncomfortable, but in a <laughs> flirty way, I think. Maybe, like, yeah. that's, that's how I, I read it.
2: I mean, I didn't see it as some kind of buildup of tension between them, yeah. so I can see what you're saying there. Yeah. But then after Riley and Lucas have their little banter, we get into the real reason why they're here, because Maya misses Farkle, and they're no good without them. But if you ever tell Farkle that...
0: I'm gonna jack you up, son. <laughs> Change your tires for free. AAA roadside assistance.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that was, that was a good moment. I liked that line a lot. Um,
2: uh, yeah, and then we have... Once Corey actually realizes Lucas is actually there. Yeah,
1: yeah I love this because <laughs> both you and I were like, hey, Cory came in and he didn't react to Lucas.
0: That's weird. Yeah, this he, is his course... very
2: first time being here. Yeah. Like, I want some Lucas and Corey drama.
0: <laughs> now, I needed something else. I needed an, uh, an intermediary scene. I needed to have a quick shot of Corey either lingering on the other side of the door with a pers- uh, like a perplexed eyebrow look. Or... But why?
1: You get that. you That's inferred. To me, that's, like, unnecessary stuff that you'd cut out. Because to me, it totally worked. That He burst back in. uh, that took me a second to realize what he was doing, but that was a fun second where I was like, oh, I get it. And then he bursts in and he attacks him and it was crazy. Because
0: it's something that that helps with the pacing.
1: I don't know. I thought the pacing was good as is. And I really loved how Riley took the shoe from him and was, like, holding it close.
2: The way she did it, like, so slowly felt like the moment when she touched the face of the cafeteria lady. I'm like, "Riley, Riley... what you doing, Riley? The
1: face? She pulled the thing. Oh, back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I do really love those slow moments though, where she just has that physical thing. Yeah. yeah. I thought I thought this whole I thought that whole interaction worked really well. I was a fan of it.
0: Uh, another great moment was the Darby thing where she jumps up and, you know, tells on Riley for creating this little class experiment thing and her thing says tattletale on her forehead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was especially great because we're like, wait, is Darby not in this episode? And also great because I wasn't sure if she was ever going to get lines again, so I was really happy.
2: Also, one of the other things that made it harder to see is Darby dyed her hair, everyone.
1: Did she really?
2: Yeah, she was
0: was blonde. I feel
1: like it's been going up and down throughout. Am I wrong Uh, about that? I
0: think we're left to assume that she would have highlighted her hair in the first place.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it was definitely a lot darker this episode than it was before. A lot.
0: Significantly, but yeah. not a lot. I
1: just feel like almost every picture of her that I've seen has looked totally different from every other picture of her that I've ever seen. <laughs> but
2: why. you look good, Darby. Yeah. <laughs> you look good.
1: She's a chameleon. That's a good thing for her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into some of our themes. That was our very long, uh, funny-slash-favorite-moment section. But our next thing is about Boy Meets World references. Um, so there were some fun ones. We have uh, a couple of the awards that they talk about were based on old Boy Meets World characters.
2: Like yeah. the Griff Hawkins Totally Cool Award for Maya.
1: Who was a, one of the bullies that was like Harley yeah. in Boy Meets World. He's the Earth. one that
0: replaced Harley after he got sent away to a reform school or something, something like, like that. Something like that. Military yeah. school or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it was military school. Yeah. And then they actually had their um, <laughs> conflict together when Harley came back. Yeah. To fight for the position of the bully.
0: Then we have the uh, the Joseph Epstein Confidence Award, which is uh, Joey the Red. Hey, Frankie! <laughs> yeah,
1: another that was boy. A really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you. I had no idea that his
1: last name was Epstein. Yeah, Epstein. Epstein. Yeah, they, said, yeah. they said it a couple times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's those are fun little references. Uh, we also had like the crazy handshake, which was a reference to the old handshakes that Corey and Sean used to do.
0: Though I will say, everything that the original one was this one wasn't in the way that you could feel the connection between the actors. It, they obviously were smaller. They looked and felt younger. Yeah. And so it was more believable. To me, watching this handshake seemed very forced. A, because it seemed like these characters were too old to do something like this with that type of enthusiasm.
2: I get that because I think something that's lost is the original handshake that they're referencing mm. is that wasn't cory and sean that was ben and Ryder offset did that and they and the writers or the director was like i like that let's put that in the yeah. show because it just shows their chemistry and i feel like we already had that reference with riley and maya going like stop yeah. like i felt like that was already a reference like a a girl version if yeah. you will
1: well as they points out in this scene. Yeah,
2: that, yeah. that is their girl yeah. version of like, we're awesome handshake. Yeah.
1: So we're going to talk about sort of being bullied, you know, the theme of like how Farkle's dealing with everything. we sort of already talked about how we're not really shown the actual bullying that much. But he feels, you know, he feels really bad. He was told like he's a nothing and he doesn't deserve his friends. And so like, how did you feel about Farkle in this episode?
2: I, um, I was pretty positive about the actual Farkle character
0: mm.
2: and Corey Fogelmanis's acting—I
0: believe the term was Corey Fogelmani. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it worked for me in this episode. I just—it it was more the writing that I just—I didn't feel quite as bad as I was down. expecting. Yeah, yeah it was really watered down. I it think was... we really needed that moment of yeah. bullying, even if it was quick. Yeah. And it was kind of, like, you show, like, maybe it was, like, a reoccurring thing that's been happening. Yeah. So it was, like, really quick when you saw Farkle's, like, facial reaction or something. It,
1: I did think that Farkle's acting was pretty strong. I thought that, you know, I did feel for him. I didn't feel for him as much as I could have if they sort of rearranged the writing a little bit. Yeah. But I, you know, in general, I just want to say that pretty much since the hiatus started, I've been a Farkle fan. I'm not, like, a... <laughs> a Farkle
2: fan. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a t-shirt.
1: <laughs> I'm not, like... Oh, he's, like, not my favorite character, but, you know, in the earlier episodes, I had a lot more issues with, you know, how he was interacting with the girls and the sort of messages they were showing, but it's really been a lot more about him as, you know, an awkward person in these last few episodes, and he's a more relatable character, and he isn't quite as big, and, you know, I did think that, you know, sort of showing, you know, the idea of, I don't want to go to class, that is relatable. I think that's something that's understandable that a lot of people can get
0: don't you think the extreme of it kind of undermines the message the fact that he has to go and set up his surveillance system and then be but I mean
1: but this is a comedy I mean you're it's... but can't
0: you but can't you have that I mean but isn't this supposed to be the dramatic episode isn't this supposed to be t- actually tackling the issue don't you need a little bit of something that is further like... relatable don't, don't don't you want to react do you want to want him to react in a more relatable way so you can I think he feel did, like... I
1: think he did I think he did and for that character in a believable way. And I think that also I, I think that yes, there is that joke, but that joke didn't take it away from me because it wasn't like that was spread throughout the whole episode. Once we saw him and once he talked to Riley about what he was going through, I I thought that it worked. I I agree that it could have gone farther, but that voicemail thing didn't really mess it up for well, me. Well I'm
0: not talking about just the voicemail, I'm talking yeah. about the whole convention of him hiding removing himself and then using this buffer. Yeah. instead
2: of just staying at home. Or
0: or being yeah. a little bit more traumatized in a way that he wouldn't have time to set up this whole yeah. scheme. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, it would have... I can sort of certainly see a version of this where he is just, like, hiding up in his room and they have to, like, go to his house. And, yeah. like, maybe you might even see Minkus being, like, on more... Like, maybe he calls Corey or something. I can see a version of that that makes sense. Wouldn't
0: that make it a lot more hard-heading and then make the resolution all that more powerful?
1: I, I definitely see where you're coming from, but I also don't think that... That the way they handled it was that bad, I think that it it worked to a degree,
2: so I mentioned earlier that I thought it was a little watered down with the turtlenecks, and it's all like it's almost seemed it was all about that, but then Farkel kind of reveals that he's been holding back, and it was really um this bully said you know he doesn't deserve friends like Riley and Maya and Lucas and he was a nothing and he mm. was the biggest nothing in the school yeah. and that and like again I thought this was a good point for Corey Fogelman as I thought his facial reactions were good in that I needed a second more I think or some kind of realization on Riley's face before she mm. went in for that big dramatic hug I thought that was a little too and too, rushed
0: it was too impulsive yeah. it was too there was like sort of a moment for like, oh, here's the cue, go. Yeah. It mm-hmm. wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, god, this horrible. Like, I'm looking at your eyes. I'm yeah. saying, come here. This is a we're friends. Let's yeah. let's go yeah. find all our friends and get back together and fix this.
1: I agree. I think that that scene, though, it had you know its strong suits. Could have benefited by going just a little bit slower. And I do think there are a few directing instances throughout the episode. This episode, where I'm like why was that action so sudden out of nowhere? Why wasn't it, you know, handled a little bit more tastefully? Yeah,
2: Yeah, I can get that. Um, I also want to say, uh, I don't want to necessarily call call this a positive, Mm -hmm. but something that we mentioned in previous podcasts was, why isn't anyone bullying Farkle? We Mm -hmm. kind of found that odd because he's such a boisterous yet small person and, you know, the nerd, and we you know, often found it odd that he got, like, all these applause and no one was really calling him out on these things. Right,
0: because he is very pompous in that way. Mm -hmm. And so to be that kind of character and be that pompous, you would have somebody challenge you in some way. Uh, Interesting enough, in this episode, we have, you know... Uh, Lucas says that he doesn't make a big deal of how smart he is, yeah. which can be problematic. Well, well we have try. a scene where he
1: blows a thing in the middle of class. <laughs> a number he... 700. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am Farco. We have... yeah. So it's kind yeah. of hard to believe that, and that's one of the issues. When We're we in have... the Muffin
2: episode yeah. where he's like the CEO of this pretend yeah. company.
0: Yeah, and the thing
1: is, I think that in general, a lot of TV shows get it wrong that in order to be confident, you don't have to be full of yourself. And I think a lot of shows are like, oh, this isn't it great that this, like, oh, this overweight person is really confident despite them being overweight or something like that. Where it's like, that person's being a jerk and being overweight. They're not, you know, like, it's, there, there's a difference between being, you know, and you know, a full, not full of yourself and being confident. And people right, don't know yeah. that line.
0: Confidence versus dominance. Yeah,
1: and that's, I will say that... Most of the episodes since the hiatus has been the episodes where he hasn't been that arrogant. Do you know that that I was actually
0: reading an article online earlier today about Confidence versus Dominance and his role in sexuality? Really? Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's funny. But, uh, But I also... Okay, but I do want to make it clear that he was super arrogant in the Muffin episode, and I liked that because... They were going to such an extreme with it that he... They were showing him that he was wrong in that episode.
2: Yeah, and they did call him out on it. So that was a good thing. And I think that did bring it a little more relatable that Farkle was the one being bullied because not necessarily you, yourself, but I think we've all met people like this in middle school or high school who are this extreme and get bullied for it, but like... But it'll be intense, and you kind of think, like, yes, this is who this person is, but, like, do they quite deserve that?
0: Uh, And to that end, it might be a good time to bring up the idea that this episode is presumably aired out of order. Mm. So there could be a lot of character development where he mellows out, Mm -hmm. and then that's why Lucas might say something like that, that we lose, and then we get jumped right to here, and that's why it's so jarringly strange.
2: I can understand that, yeah, that might be part of it.
1: Well, okay, you brought up the episode out of order thing, so let me me just go down that path a little bit. Um so you know we talked about the very oh, I think like the first line of the episode is it's almost graduation time.
2: That and, screwed me up.
1: And I was just like what?
2: <laughs> it's November. <laughs> it was the
1: week it was the week
0: what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was the week after the Halloween episode and the Christmas episode is coming. What how is it almost graduation? <laughs> Trick or
0: treat. Let's talk about personal boundaries. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense, so we're not sure if maybe Disney earned this episode earlier than they originally intended, because, you know, fitting in this month with the the kindness campaign, and it didn't feel like the episode was super off, but just the idea of it being graduation, first of all, we don't even understand what that means, because they're going to 8th grade, it's not like you graduate from 7th grade, that's not like a term people usually use, I assume, it just doesn't, how is it the end of the year, doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it could have been um, like a
2: halfway through the school year kind of special ceremony thing. That yeah. That's a little quirky, Especially, but it works.
1: Like, I'd be okay if it was like, they're making season one into two years worth, but mm. we're getting a Christmas episode soon, so that doesn't make any sense. Unless, mm. unless they're gonna like, make the next It's Christmas 2015. Ep- yeah, is that what it's going for? That would be kind of crazy. But it could be, like, the next, let ep- us know. next episode we see it's September again, and then there's another uh, Halloween episode November. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. No, just, I it's think just... it's just jumbled, and that's we're just going to have to live yeah. with it.
1: Alright, but let's sort of talk about how all the different characters sort of confronted this situation. Right,
0: because we talked about the bullying, but this episode's not really about bullying, it's more about... How you would tackle a bullying yeah. situation and try to rectify it.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I think that's really interesting, and I liked that because it gets into the whole bystander thing, mm. which I feel like is lost on a lot of people when you talk about bullying. Yeah. Bullying is usually, you know, like, A, don't bully, yeah. and B, if you're being bullied, tell someone. Yeah. But what do you do when your friend is being bullied? And I really like that they delve into
1: this. Or even just someone you don't even know, but you're seeing the yeah. happening. Yeah, and so I thought that the whole interplay between Maya and Lucas here with the sort of pacifism versus, you know, violent, you know, fighting back idea mm-hmm. um, was definitely interesting and that the sort of, you know, we always talk about how, you know, does this week's history assignment actually make sense in context? This week it did. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole stuff about Gandhi and everybody else.
0: Though I do wish they actually said more than a sentence on each
1: I, I sort of agree with you, but I also don't feel like... I also think, and sometimes think, less is more. I, I
2: don't really have as much of an issue with it as you did. I, I understand, though, wanting to pay tribute to these people because they're very important, and they do yeah. have a message that's very important for this week's episode and this month's whole campaign.
1: Yeah. What I do agree with you as far as that is that I think that the ending classroom scene where they talk about the actual message of the episode, they could have infused more of the history into that scene, I think. For I think have been So,
0: remember we were talking about the Martin Luther King scene? Yeah. Or that came in, it was like, why are they tacking this whole thing on? You could tack this on to something else. Yeah, they could have done something like that, where they're starting to tack on the story of Malala or Gandhi, yeah. in something anecdotal type way. You it's know? also
1: sort of interesting. This kind of would have been a good episode for Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X, to a degree. Oh, yeah, that would have um, been interesting. I mean, I'm not saying that what they did was bad, but I do think that that was sort of the dynamic they were vaguely hinting at. Right. Um, because
2: we didn't have that kind of opposing... Yeah. Sh- sh- historical... Yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah, because couldn't you also see a version of this where Maya was like, I believe what Malcolm X is saying, we should,
0: you know... Right. Yeah. That could have been the whole thing right. as they were divided and they had to go down the route. And yeah. then maybe just like Girl Meets Truth, we would have left with a little bit more uh, ambiguity. ambiguity. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah so... First, I'll say the part of it that I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't like the scene, the part of the Bay Window, when Lucas is his old Lucas, and he's like, we have to be good because you shouldn't be violent, and it's good to be good because Fortune Cookie good. Lucas. Yeah, and, like, I don't even remember what his lines are, but they're just, like, so, like, I'm a goody two-shoes, and I know what's right. <laughs> and so, but I really liked that they had him sort of lose his cool when the ta- time came, that he is human. Now, you guys think that they could have gone even further and had him maybe actually hit him.
0: Because I think that yeah. you could still definitely argue at this point that he still is very much the Mr. Perfect because he almost lost his cool. Mm. But, but he's good. not quite. Yeah. You know, he still pulled it back. He's like, I'm still the good guy. Yeah. No matter what.
1: And the thing is, I definitely agree that, like, if he lost his cool and he actually hit his friend. He could
0: have been ashamed, yeah. you know, and we, we need Lucas to be yeah. ashamed about something. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and I, I think that, that that would have been really powerful. Um, I, I, why would you think they wouldn't want to do that?
0: I don't know because then you can tackle like the reverse bullying is still bullying and yeah. you know? I mean this I mean obviously you can stand up for yourself but there yeah. comes a certain point where when you delegate out other yeah. things and you like it becomes this like gang war yeah. you know and that's its own separate problem.
1: Well so this actually reminds me of a personal story that I want to tell. So I don't even know if you guys know this story because this is from way back in the day elementary school. So we had a big assembly that wasn't, it wasn't even an assembly. It was a big talk during lunch like in the cafeteria where the vice principal was talking to us in elementary school about how if you're bullied, you should go and you should talk to, you know, so-and-so, you should, you know, you should tell somebody about it, you shouldn't fight back, you should, you know, don't let, you know, don't let anybody, blah, blah, blah. And so in the, this is like the most ridiculously ballsy, stupid thing I've ever done in my life, is I like stood up in the middle of it and shouted, then you'd look like a wimp and they'd bully you more. (laughs) (laughs) This is, like, little 10-year-old me, or not even 10, you are probably younger than that. But, <laughs> I can Elementary Dan was a champ. <laughs> and, like, everybody, like, cured for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> so, this was, yeah, this was, like, I was probably, like, third grade, fourth grade, something like that. Yeah, so that was, like, pretty... And it's not, like, I'm not saying, yes, you should go and fight back, but... <laughs> Sometimes with, you should. Sometimes you have to defend yourself. Yeah, I, there's nothing I, wrong
2: with defending yourself, whether it's <laughs> verbally or physically.
1: Yeah, I I definitely think that there's an you can definitely create more problems for yourself by being like I'm going to tell the teacher blah.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest problem is you. The, they're trying to say that you put yourself at personal risk when you have this one-on-one confrontation. Yep. But I think the the defense to this is really about the community building, because mm-hmm. when you have the community stand up, yeah, that's you know that's the culture that will eradicate these kind of things yep. to the extent that it possibly can be.
1: And I will say that okay, so this Lucas thing is different from what I was describing because Lucas isn't defending himself; Lucas is bullying back. So, so or that,
0: a, almost he's doing
1: vengeance, vengeance, like, oh, I <laughs> like he almost vengeance. He's yeah. like
0: he's like. Almost vigilante, not quite. Well, I'm I saying-
2: wouldn't say vengeance. I would say defending his friend, which still has that's
1: vengeance if he, is if vengeance. He that's vengeance. If he punched the kid who made fun of his friend, that's definitely vengeance.
0: Defending somebody's yeah. honor after the fact I mean, is it was, No,
2: it wasn't after the fact, though. He was bullying Farkle right in front of him. Farkle even wasn't if Farkle...
0: even there yet. We didn't no, even we didn't know about him, that. him yet.
2: It's still bullying. If I'm saying bad things about someone and they're not in their room, that is still bullying. So, you're
1: av- so if you were saying mean things... You would advocate like not you, okay? If Keith was saying <laughs> mean things to me, you'd advocate me punching. <laughs> like I don't like I don't.
0: That's still a vigilante. That's still thing.
1: not the right thing. He I mean, Lucas is still doing the right.
2: It's still. Vi- I just wouldn't call it. Vi- I would say it was. I would say it was. I, like, I think the words. thing
1: is, I, I one hundred percent think that what Lucas did in that situation was the right thing to do. It's just that I think that the character should not always do the right thing. Yeah. I like. He shouldn't. He shouldn't punch him. That's the wrong no. I understand thing that. Him, I just but... don't
2: agree with the word vigilante in that context okay. exactly because it's happening right there. Vigilante is sort of like yeah, you're saying so after you, the fact. Yeah,
1: but you could talk him down. He wasn't punching Farkle. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's
0: about escalation. Yeah.
1: Getting into the specifics of the bully himself and sort of how all those interactions went. For me, in some ways, the bully was a positive because I thought that the he acted it well. I do think that they sort of really simplified him as a character, Uh so he didn't have a ton to work with, but what he had, I think he handled, and he seemed like... It wasn't like, oh, he's saying a line here most of the time.
2: Yeah, what I thought was Billy became... Billy the bully. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist. Uh,
0: Just like James Coach. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But Billy became a stereotypical bully in this episode, I thought. He, um... You know he's the per- he's a jock. Yeah. He's good in school. He's presumably is popular. Good in school,
1: is good in school part of being a stereotypical? bully? It usually would be separate. He, he's like
2: the he's like a perfect person, and therefore yeah. looked like, he's like he the can stereoty- do no wrong. I think he's
1: the stereotypical popular kid. I do not necessarily the stereotypical okay. bully is usually like failing classes, like Harley. Mm-hmm. But.
2: Okay, I can see that, but I think yeah, more like he's the stereotypical popular kid, and therefore yeah. he has like this merit to be a jerk.
0: Yeah. It's the, it's Self-entitlement, I think, yeah. is what you're going it's, for. okay, yeah.
1: but it, I, I think that in some ways he is a little bit more complicated than you're giving him credit for because he isn't actually popular. That's, like, the whole thing. He doesn't have that many friends.
0: Now, and, here's the thing about that is yeah. They don't say that he doesn't have many friends. They're saying that all his friends are athletes, yeah. which is different. And I think that the biggest thing is they just didn't show it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I think he was looking for more of a, like... I, I think he just doesn't have, like, really...
0: Good friends.
2: Intimate friends. I
0: think the biggest thing who's incredulous that Lucas, being an athlete, who apparently he is now, um, has friends that are not. And so it's it's more like like almost like a caste system type thing.
1: Actually, that's another point that you brought up the fact that Lucas is suddenly an athlete now. And
0: because I, he said he wasn't before. Yeah,
1: because the whole thing... I mean, we didn't go back and re-listen to the Smackle lines, but I'm pretty sure most of what Smackle was about was him saying, I'm not an athlete.
0: Or the th- he's saying that I don't care about that stuff. Yeah, I so care about maybe school. if That's I... That's run... actually
1: not what I got from it.
0: Okay, is that not what you got from it?
2: I thought that it was just, I'm more than this. I'm more than an athlete and a pretty face. Like, I care about school. I'm a good friend. And I don't want to be boiled down to just this.
1: Okay, so like... I haven't re-listened really to the lines. Maybe they, maybe I would have that reaction. Mm-hmm. But when I was watching it,
0: there were connotations. It, that, it yeah. totally
1: did feel to me that he was saying, "I'm not into That's not what. That's not who I am. It's saying, saying that's not who I am. He, I mean, because as far as I remember, he didn't have a line where he was like. You know, I love I love this, but I'm more than that. Like, wouldn't that be your speech when you were doing the debate right. thing? Right, okay, I can people, get that, yeah, I think
0: but... the line was more along the lines of people see me yeah. and assume that I'm athletic yeah. and I care about those things, but really the things so, I care like, about at school. I, I will say it's sort of
1: ambiguous. It's not like... He doesn't outright go. I don't like baseball, but he also doesn't say I do like baseball. Well, he was so, also the
2: captain of the softball team in gym class in Girl Meets Terror.
1: But again, that's gym class. Like we don't know if Maya. Does that mean should we assume that Maya yeah, is but, also in a gym? Yeah, of- do we assume class? that
0: Maya is the pitcher of the of the softball team?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I'm not saying to me it's not like out of nowhere, but it is. It did feel like I because I did I did leave Girl Meets Smackle going. Oh, he definitely doesn't like sports. So maybe that was just my interpretation. But that is how I felt. But again, maybe they'll go into it more. Maybe this was out of order.
0: There might be a tryout scene that we're, we're losing.
1: But yeah, as far as the bully, I mean, we talked about this earlier. I had a bit of an issue just with the final scene, really, where he, you know, admits that he's been jealous the whole time. And, you know, maybe... It's just the, Part of my issue with the show right now is how public everything is. Yeah. Why does every lesson have to be shown to the public? Why can't it never be a one-on-one scene where the dad teaches them something, or where they teach each other something, or Lucas finally gets through to the like, even if the bully did change his mind, if it had been a scene one-on-one with Lucas and the bully, where somehow, the you know, he sort of began to change his mind. It
0: becomes this overblown redemption scene. It's just, it's a cheap move. It's too much. It's a cheap move. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm not saying that the moment of the wiping the nothing off the forehead wasn't like a sweet moment, but it's just when you're talking about an issue that like, that would never happen. That would, no. That's not real. And I want to see the real, because this is a real issue that really affects a lot of yeah, people. And it'd be yeah, and it belittles the
0: issue. If, if we're going like. to talk about
2: bullying, kids at this age would be scared to say something like that so publicly, yeah. because then he, they would be afraid to be yeah. the one bullied. I feel like if we're going to compare this to Boy Meets World, we had all those private moments at the fence. Yeah. that And, like... And that's where all the lessons were learned, and it was yeah. kind of enough for Corey to just realize in the end. And you know, yeah. I mean, this isn't enlightenment. Not everyone can be saved, yeah. and I feel like they're not getting that. Yeah, well, the other
1: thing you actually you mentioned the fence thing. I would love if we had more moments, more climactic moments at the bay window, because the bay mm-hmm. window, as it's used right now. Like we've talked about how it's sort of used like Phoenix Fence, but it's more used as like the transitionary episode like scene with the fence. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, let's talk through the problem, yeah, well, let's but let's not get the solve low it. down. Yeah.
0: yeah. Let's 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 go through everything we learned today so yeah. far. <laughs> and,
1: like, I think that's the I honestly I think the only episode where we really got the lesson in Riley's room was Grum was the Truth, when we had all everybody learning from Augie. Actually, no Augie again, that's a, a monkey episode. But Ava,
0: that? interesting choice. Yeah.
1: Alright, so Let's talk about the flaws in general. So we have this whole idea of everybody writing the flaws on their forehead. Apparently Riley has supreme control over the class.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Even though she's insecure.
1: So yeah, we get Riley being insecure. Totally makes sense for that. We get Farkle being nothing. We get uh, Lucas as Mr. Perfect we get um, Maya is broken, and also we saw a picture of it where it was broken home. But yeah, in this but it, it wasn't. looks like
2: they changed their mind and they just wanted it to be broken.
1: Yeah, um,
2: I, I wonder what the reason was behind that. Whether it was just an artistic thing or if they didn't want to offend anyone.
1: Too edgy. I mean, yeah. I, I also I, I don't know. I think it kind of is sort of offensive if you say broken home. Is it not? Yeah. You My is no, that, that I'm from a broken home.
2: Yeah, no, like, I get that. Like, you are not your past, and you're not what your family life is. Uh, you can, yeah, like, so that think, doesn't shape who you are. Yeah, my so point I totally is, get that. I
1: think that they made the right choice getting rid of home.
2: Yeah, okay. I was, I was just wondering why yeah. the choice was made. Is all.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah, I think saying my flaws that I'm a broken home is like really promoting like stereotypical family values. And yeah. Um, But yeah, but I understand her feeling broken. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand, you know, Rise and Security. I love uh, Telltale Darby. Uh, Mr. Perfect was a weird one for me that I don't really think that I get what they're going for um, with Lucas.
0: Yeah, there's a couple different ways to think about it. And uh, you were trying to assume that these need to be a little bit introspective. These are what they have thought about themselves and said, this is my flaw. Yeah. But when you say Mr. Perfect, that's sort of something that other people would attribute to you. Yeah. And so it becomes a weird dilemma in that way. Now, if it's said that he strives for perfection, he's a perfectionist. Yeah. Or if he's vain, or if he's...
1: Yeah, because I could see those. I could see that yeah, he's a perfectionist, that would have made a lot of sense to me. Or, or or yeah, just arrogance. But yeah. Thinking that you're you those know, are more internally. If he, if he believes that he's perfect, and then, then realizes that that's a problem.
0: Yeah, it could um, be narcissistic or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's if you have something that's more internally sourced, that makes sense. Uh, like I mean, I do think that the Riley's one is really the only one that really is true to the explanation in that way.
2: Yeah, um, it's just hard to think about this because. The thing is, is, we've mentioned we had the issue is Lucas is perfect. But yeah. the thing is, we had that issue because Lucas is a TV character. Yeah. If you put Lucas in the real world, being perfect isn't actually a flaw.
1: But believing you're perfect when you're not yes, is a flaw.
2: Yes, that I um, understand. Yeah. I wouldn't if...
0: know anything about that. <laughs>
2: mm... We'll we talk also about then, that off we, air. <laughs> we also have
0: the, uh, the Farkle thing where is his flaw. It's the same thing. He says nothing. Now, that's the exact uh, name that was used by the bully, calls him a nothing. Yeah. So, so, again, it's using the outside perspective to just define See, himself. See, I don't
1: have the issue. And with
0: I, it. I understand what you were saying. Well, earlier. let me say it because yeah. I haven't heard it.
1: But yeah, my, my, my argument for that is just that the character in that moment maybe isn't doing the assignment perfectly and writing his own inner flaw. He's like, he's like, I am a nothing, I am flawed. And he just writes it because that's how he's feeling at the moment. Mm -hmm. To me, that makes sense. The same thing sort of goes for, like, the broken. Because, like, I don't think that that completely makes sense for Maya, but she just writes what, you know, feels right in her head.
2: I agree with you about what you said about Farklin. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I just wanted, since you brought up Maya again, I kind of wanted to comment what I took away from her writing broken. is. Because we haven't really delved really deep into what happened. Like, what exactly is her home life? We know that we have uh, her in this single mom. Her dad's not there. Yeah. But I thought maybe she blames herself mm. for that situation. And yeah. that could be because I'm not really sure why else she would attribute broken to who she is. Yeah, it's
1: interesting because I also think it sort of connects with the idea that like she has half a mom. That, you know, something's mm-hmm. missing. You know, she isn't right and that people left her and that's why I think bad things happen to her and, you know, Riley's perfect and that's why good things happen to Riley sort of idea. I can yeah. understand that. And I'm sure they're going to go into that in the more... I don't really have an issue with that because Riley's sort I, uh, of... No,
2: I think it's issue. good and I, want, yeah. I hope they do go into it. Yeah. There's no issue.
1: Okay, but we sort of... So the message we get out of this thing is that they, you know, they talk about how when we own our own flaws, people can't use them against us. And yeah, and you know, if, you, if you, you own who you are... And then someone making, you know, if you're someone who wear, has a weird style, and you own that, and you, well, that's not a flaw, though. So that, that, that's <laughs> the
0: big problem, is where it becomes the outside definition versus the inside definition. Yeah. Because by that knowledge, um, you can say Billy's flaws is his jealousy leading him to be a bully. So if he owns it, he shouldn't stop being a bully. You <sighs> know what I mean? It,
2: yeah. It's hard to say that, because owning what does owning your flaws mean? Because owning your flaws could be accepting this, but then wanting to build yourself as a person and move being past it, or just this is who I am. Yeah. Okay.
1: So uh, I'm gonna use myself as an example. So I know that I'm incredibly insecure. I know that I own that fact. But if you made fun of me for being insecure, I'm insecure, so it would
0: hurt me. <laughs> like so, so, I don't I think really know. It's more know... acknowledgement. Because yeah. when you acknowledge something, and then you can. Decide what to do with that yeah. information at, on a you know a scenario basis. Yeah. You
1: well, know, here's the thing. Okay, so I I agree with the first half of this statement. I agree with own your flaws, know what they are, know how to deal with them, and if they're really flaws, try to work on them. Yes. Um. I don't understand, I, I think that maybe it can help with people bullying you, but I also don't, I mean, those are the, if you, if you, it's, I think it's almost worse when you know that, that what they're saying is real. Yeah, because right? then you
0: you have to say that if it is an actual flaw, yeah. then you have to say, how do you better yourself? Because mm-hmm. this all connects to Ava in the way that Topanga picks her up and says, oh, don't change, you know, you are this and don't change a thing, yeah. because we're saying that She has these flaws of being... Spoiled rotten. Spoiled rotten. Mm, She's a brat. You know, she's very arrogant in that way. She comes in, she needs all the attention. Yeah. And to that end, she's saying, own your flaws... Mm-hmm. and don't try to make yourself a better See, person. Okay,
1: I'm not even 100% sure how serious that talk to Ava was supposed to be. I don't I honestly don't understand that second Ava scene. Yeah, I really I, don't
2: either. I don't understand like I get that Topanga said that it was a teaching moment for yeah. Riley, but was it also a moment for her and Ava that was real? Was this a real thing? Yeah, so is
1: the is this episode I think what this episode's trying to do is build up Ava's character and say, oh, she comes from a messed up home, maybe, and, you know, she, it's what not her she, fault. So she's
0: Maya 2.0? That sort
1: of. Like, it's not her fault how she ended up this way, and, you know, you sh- and that once you accept her for who she is, then she... Because then she goes... She says something to to Panga, like, oh, you can kiss me whenever you want, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so is the idea that, like, once you accept her, she'll you know, calm down a little bit because you, you're you actually showing her love so she'll show you love back and well, maybe the reason she was being a brat is because no one shows her love. Uh, it is... But
0: then make it about that. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it just feels... It was a little bit... But then how does that connect with the flaws? I just don't think... Like, that idea of no one shows her love so she f- lashes out, that makes sense as a story. But she's because... not lashing
0: out. Lashing out would be throwing a tantrum. She's, she's just so incredibly, I would say, extroverted to the point that she's assuming that everything has to revolve around her.
1: Mm. Well, they also, I wouldn't even call that a flaw at that age. A lot of kids are self-centered. I mean, she's a little bit excessive. Right. Uh, she's yes, but, but... a kid. She's four years, four right. six years, I guess she's six years old. She's six. Um, but, you know, I don't know. People Sometimes it's just a phase.
0: Right, like, but it's not about that. It's about the Topanga's, yeah. you know, wor- words Reaction on that. To it. Yeah, to um, And, and it, it does tie in because, so we have two major themes coming from this storyline. We have the Ava and Farkle theme, and we have the Harvey and Billy theme.
1: Yeah, so you have, you know, Ava and Farkle are flawed, but they should own their flaws. And, and, and also, Riley sort of fit into this. They were putting Riley into this category. To too. a degree. You know, be who you are. Right. The, you know, you know, own it, acknowledge yeah, it, yeah. and don't whereas, change a thing. Yeah, be yourself. Where, whereas they were saying with Billy and, and Harley, you know, people can People can get past their flaws. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what the line was. something about how, like, when you have great friends, their friends can help you wipe those flaws away. Right, so which um, flaws
0: are worthy of being wiped away and which ones are the ones you're supposed to own? It yeah. doesn't go into that at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, they didn't, yeah, like you said, they didn't go into this, but I, I think I would just sort of infer from these episodes and the show that, like, the ones that negatively impact other yeah. people versus the ones that are just kind of who you are? Well, but he does negatively attack yeah, and people. and so does
0: Sparkle when he takes over the class, and is you know, I mean, he is rude to people. You know, well, okay, I think like, yeah. you, you you
1: can you can take a take it as once you own it, you're able to see what it is, and then you can work on it. You know, like to sort of you know, once you acknowledge, oh, I'm a jealous person, that once you well you know once you've accepted that as an issue, then you can work on it, and until you own it, you can't. You know, deal with it.
0: I think the problem is they don't make a distinction between quirks and flaws. Yeah. The -hmm. turtlenecks are not a flaw, that's a quirk. Yeah. Arrogance could be a flaw as opposed to a quirk. And they don't differentiate and they don't try to. I think the word
1: flaw is the issue here. So if you're just saying, if literally all you're saying is own who you are and they won't be able to hurt you, that's very different. Because then you can be like, who I am is I love wearing turtlenecks. That's not a flaw. That's just part of who you are. And so if you if you own that you love wearing, wearing turtlenecks, then them making fun of your turtlenecks won't hurt you. That mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Right. But that's not a flaw. If if I like I said before, if I'm insecure, that's a flaw. And so if they make fun of it, I'll be hurt because they can see right through me and they know who I am and they're point, pinpointing my weakness. You know, like that so I think it, I think the idea of own who you are makes sense. Owning your flaws doesn't really make sense. Acknowledging you know. yeah. flaws yeah.
0: in order to Better destroy yourself. them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they that's but the thing is, and then they have that dichotomy. You have the these are the people who need to change and these are the people that need to stay the same. It becomes mm-hmm. almost a, an issue of mm-hmm. predestination to that end.
2: It it is very weird because a flaw insinuates that it's a wrong thing. Yeah. And not all of these are exactly wrong. Like we had Sarah on her yeah. forehead said afraid. One kid said quiet. Yeah. And, you know, Riley said insecure. Yeah. You want to kind of build on your insecurity, but that's not wrong of you. That's a very yeah. normal human well, thing. I'm going to
1: say jealousy isn't a flaw. Yeah. F- his flaw isn't that he's jealous. The f- that flaw is that he lets his jealousy take over him and he acts out based yeah. on his jealousy. So I think the that's
0: problem, yeah, His flaw is that he's a jerk. Yeah. And that <laughs> his jealousy then feeds into it. The jealousy doesn't come first.
2: Yeah. Well, jealousy I mean, is also a very human thing. No, because thing. I
0: do, I would yeah. say I could i would argue that
1: this gets into like the root of what is evil yeah, right. <laughs> i mean like when you
0: have an extreme like that you can't start with the you know the soft thing you just have to start with the hard thing that feeds mm. into it
1: so, so so you're saying you you don't buy the general idea of oh people act out in this way because of how they're being treated so you you, don't, you just think some people are bad people I, is that what I you're was, saying
0: uh, no okay and what are you saying uh, do you actually want to get onto this full? Do you want we can to talk go, about
1: we go a little? and just not go crazy about it, but okay. I, my, my point is that I think what they're going for is he is a jealous person who felt lonely and wanted these things, and so that led him to acting out. And so you're saying you don't agree that that's a thing that happens.
0: I'm not saying that exactly. Okay. I'm saying that you can say that he's a jealous person who felt lonely and then acted out. Mm-hmm. We can also say he's a self-centered person, inconsiderate person, who then. Felt jealous, and then the only way that they know how was to act out, yeah. which is a little different. And then you have the idea of at what point do you become responsible for your own actions? Yeah. Ava is not responsible for her own actions in the same way yeah. that Lucas or Billy would be, but then Lucas and Billy would not be responsible for their own actions the way that Cory and Topanga would be. Yeah. So, at what point do your own upbringing and your your own scenario that of the world around you stop being an excuse? Mm-hmm. At what point do you be able to separate yourself and say, oh, that person's acting out because of this, because of their home life? what point yeah. does it make it that person has to take responsibility? Yeah, and I
1: think it's once, I think it honest is kind of trying tying it back into what they were saying in the episode. It's once you acknowledge that flaw that came from that outward thing, that came from your upbringing. Once you acknowledge it and you know it's there, if you don't try to do anything about it, that's, to me, that's when it's on you.
0: And I think to go even deeper to answer your question about the root of evil, I would argue that there's no such thing as evil. There's only ignorance and self-service.
1: Okay, I can understand that definition.
0: And this philosophical debate was brought to you by Kigali Podcast. We hope you all have a nice evening. (laughs) Drive safely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This whole thing, bringing in the jealousy thing, is sort of an attempt to, A, help rehabilitate the character of Billy, but also to give him depth, not just make him the mean bully guy, right? And so, I think that in a lot of ways, this episode got hurt again. You were talking about the Who It thing. If we had known it was him from the first scene with him, or from the second scene with him, then it's a lot easier to gradually build up him as a person, as a fuller human being. And you can seed things about this jealousy throughout, as opposed to this, re- A, quickly revealing that it's him, and then quickly revealing why he did it. Uh, it doesn't, you know...
0: I do think that I know that they were trying yeah. to give him depth. I yeah. certainly don't think they did. Because by polarizing him on these extremes, yeah. all it does is further stereotype the issue. Yeah. And if you wanted to have him be victimized by his own circumstances, which led him to be vilified, yeah. you need a great deal more of subtlety. Well, and it's, so, almost, it's almost impossible to do in such a short arc.
1: Well, also, what do you... Why is he not... Why doesn't he have more friends? He had Lucas. It
0: seemed like people, like nobody was because being because they didn't show them. Yeah. They didn't say he didn't. They just didn't show them. Yeah, he no. said
2: that you ha- you don't have any friends yeah. off the team. That makes me think he's friends yeah, with that, the whole baseball the, the whole, team. Yeah,
0: the whole...
1: Well, to... See, okay. Maybe you felt differently about it. To me, I thought the whole idea of the jealousy thing was that he was a lonely person who, who wishes that he had closer friends. To me, like, maybe just being friends with the baseball team means that he goes to baseball practice.
0: Yeah, maybe he's... Uh, So he's acquaintance. Yeah. He has acquaintance with the baseball team and he's sort of this sort of like work friend type thing. To me, it
1: made sense. To me, it came off as here's this guy. He does really well. You know, he, he works hard at baseball and at school and, you know, he tries hard but he still can't really make any friends and so he sees this crazy farkle guy over here and he goes how the heck does this guy have friends but i don't have friends and so he acts out
0: showed any of these things see
1: but i I do think that some i think there was more nuance than you're giving it credit for i i do think that a lot of that was there i think that they could have dealt with it better like i was saying i think that it was bad to have it be a reveal as opposed to showing it gradually i think the
0: nuance is there for those people who want it bad enough Yeah. Because I don't think it is quite there. There's so much ambiguity that no matter what, you'll see what you want to see in it.
1: I suppose. Because I do agree with you. Like, it doesn't really completely explain why he wouldn't have friends. And I do think it's the kind of thing, like, we got a little bit more nuance with Frankie with oncoming episodes because he was around for a while. And I think in a lot of ways, if you had a small thing where he maybe... Felt bad at the end of this episode, and they had future episodes where he, you start seeing maybe why is he, why is he this way, you know, that kind of thing.
2: I think part of it is like they brought up Riley's need to like yeah. fix everyone, you know, in
0: one episode flat. Yeah,
2: yeah, like um, like we've brought in Smackle before; she wants yeah. to fix all of Maya's problems and things like that. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's like one of her flaws.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, I was kind of expecting B- nosy,
0: um, busybody. M-
1: yeah, I mean obsessive. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, so, kind of, something along yeah. those lines to be her fly. I would understand that, and so like you said, if he was, if Compulsive. he could be, if he could be the bully for a yeah. while.
1: Well, um, I mean, think about how great this would be if it was a two part episode. If yeah. this ended with him and him and Lucas like getting in a fight or Lucas like, like with that scene sort of... with
2: Lucas pushing him up against the wall, like yeah. it just caught
1: well, no, I don't want that. <laughs> not know. quite that, but like him and Lucas end their friendship or something. And then, the, not even necessarily a two part episode, but just the next episode, he was still bullying them. And then the end of that episode. I would say the
0: more him. tasteful way to do that would be to let him actually walk out of the classroom scene. Yeah. That would have been a nice balance.
1: Yeah, like they all come together, but they can't fix him. Because right. sometimes you can't fix everyone. And yeah. it, it actually flies in the face of the Maya's mother episode. Because the whole point of that is Riley can't control everything. Mm-hmm. And. You're, you know they make I a guess joke. You can now. Yeah, they make a joke about how you. Oh, Riley's gonna try to do it again because she hasn't learned a lesson. Well, guess what? Now she can do it. Like and
0: now she doesn't have to learn the <laughs> <Yeah>. lesson. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you know, sort of just wrapping up the flaws discussion for me. Just the biggest issue with this episode was sort of the nicey nice like perfect world idea of you know, oh the bully he fixes himself, and then that also tied into the very last tag there where you know. Oh, it's the perfect world where Riley... Everybody loves Riley and they all vote for her to get this award. And you can't just have someone...
0: You and know... she's the prom queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
1: can't just have someone... You know, be average and be okay with being average. You know, and own it. Yeah, and own, own the average. Yeah, own the. Be like, you know what? I didn't get an award, but that's okay. I still am proud of who I am. And that
2: would have been great because that's relatable to ninety percent of the people who are watching. Because ninety percent of the people in school don't get an award. Yeah.
0: and it's kind of the message of the whole show. Yeah,
2: yeah. I just, I, and also the fact that like the the kids had to vote for this award. Yeah. that's showing that. Riley and Maya are popular girls. Maya got the Cool Award. Riley got the Spirit Award that the school voted for. And I I don't
1: understand why they're... Okay, and then we talked about this last week, how Corey was sort of popular in season one of Boy Meets World 2 in that right. everything changed when he Coming from school. the small
0: part. yeah, Yeah.
1: So, again, I'm okay with everybody voting for her now as long as it doesn't always stay that way. If she graduates mm-hmm. and she goes to a crazy big school where she doesn't know anyone and nobody cares about her... And maybe her dad isn't the teacher anymore, so she's not a central focus. Maybe the teacher's actually mean to her. I think that a lot of that could work. That would know? be
2: interesting, yeah.
1: We'll see how, where that goes. Actually, I just thought of a whole thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the whole big thing. Totally well, thing. I mean, just like, you know, so you know how, like, Mr. Feeney in season two, he's still teaching one of their classes, but he's not their central teacher. It's more Mr. Turner. Yeah. So what if you know once they go to high school, maybe Corey's still teaching one of their classes, but you focus more on another person, and she goes to her dad, and she's like, "He's mistreating me. He doesn't treat me the way you do." And then Corey goes to the teacher and is like, "You're not treating her well," and he's like, "You've been treating her too well," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I can see that working well. That could be interesting. Yeah. All right, let's get to mail time.
2: Mail time.
1: Mail time. Mail time. Oh. Mail time. The here. Mail time. So every week after the episode, we have people tweet in at their thoughts about the episode. So our first one is from at Loony underscore Tunes. I enjoyed the main plot, but expected a B story with Maya until I saw the promo. Just used the Riley fixing Maya's hair scene. So the, the bye Maya. Yeah? Yes, well yeah. they they had no, not that one. It was the in in Maya's oh, mother. Oh yeah, they were
2: on the bay window. Yeah. So
1: for people who don't know, in the promo, for some reason talking about, you know, they talk about bullying the whole thing, and they show a scene from Meets Maya's mother with her fixing Maya's hair as though, like, something terrible happened to Maya or something. Yeah,
2: it was a scene we already saw. Um,
1: which is interesting. So I think what they were saying is that for this topic, they thought that maybe you'd have a B story with Maya because, you know, everything mm-hmm. that she's gone through. Uh, and they were continuing on by saying, uh, on the other hand, I could not, for the life of me, follow what the Ava plot was supposed to be about. Yeah, I feel I mean, you on that, Looney Tunes. We didn't talk about my Ava that much, but yeah, we are pretty confused. I don't...
2: Yeah, more so the second half. Like, what was her wrap-up? What was the message?
1: I personally, I know that you guys maybe don't agree with me, but I personally thought the opening scene with Ava was her best scene. And I don't think that it was a perfect scene, but at least it was a scene where I felt like she was in an antagonistic role and you were supposed to think that because the parents felt that way.
2: I can understand that. I just... Like, Ava has not grown on me yet. Our next tweet is from at Queen of Rider. I loved it a lot. I loved Lucas standing up for Farkle. That was really great. And also seeing Harley yet again was awesome. And I think we can agree that we also really liked Harley in this scene. And Lucas had some interesting interactions this episode.
1: Yeah, I well, I mean, I do want to say they're going way more in depth with Farkle and Lucas being friends than I ever expected them to. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate that because I really do think they could have just had them be like more their their interactions being more supporting yeah so i do appreciate that he actually cares about farkle and is not Mm. just like oh yeah this kid uh this next one's from at underscore swiffy they say it's one of the more relatable episodes that probably reached out to a lot of people loved it and the thing is okay i do relate to what farkle is feeling in this episode so i do and i'm not saying that it's not relatable i just think that the resolution isn't realistic I think that his plight is relatable, and that I'm sure a lot it's of... It's too utopian.
2: They always have this big scene where you're announcing at the end of the class, you know, this is the lesson of the week, basically. Yeah.
1: The thing is, okay, so I, I feel like a lot of people might listen to what we're saying and be like, well, it's a TV show. Of course they're going to, like, make it all work out in the end. And the thing is, I can see that, but I think you could have done that and also kept it in a real place. And I think that that Boy Meets World at its best really... That, you know went to a real place and i think you could have had end on a happy friendship note without fixing absolutely everything and you have they they make fun of it they have maya mm-hmm. be like you know now sh- everything is okay now let's just go back to a regularly scheduled middle school or whatever she says and then it's built. but we have to tie up this loose end because
2: but the thing is it's like we've had we know that there's some part that's Girl Meets World is capable of doing that. Like, I really liked Girl Meets Father and Girl Meets the Truth. Mm. And I think that they can go to these places. I just, when they, I I feel like the drama is like they want to go too extreme Mm. in certain ways that they're not sure how to balance it out.
0: So here's a tweet from Nikki1Kendras who says, I love it. Great message and kudos to Peyton. He did an amazing job and Cory and Topanga's scene was adorable. More scenes like these.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I want more core into scenes. I want more out of that kind of stuff.
2: So we have a tweet from Aubreej, or J as she's corrected, but she seems to like Aubreej. So until she says no, I'm gonna keep doing it.
0: <laughs> Isn't the correction saying no?
2: No, because she said she seems to like Aubreej. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <She> was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't
2: know. If you don't like it, tell me. I don't want to be a bully. <laughs> um... But she said, Lucas was perfect, Ava's not working for me, the marker thing at the end was weird but good, Baboon was said approximately 17 times.
1: The marker thing?
2: Wasn't it said once? <laughs> the
1: marker on the forehead thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was said- Oh, it was said,
2: I can think of two times. I think it said, I think
1: it was said like four times in that scene, actually. But it didn't- Well, the other thing is, I kind of felt like, so they have that ending moment, right, where Harley comes back and he's like, he's Mr. Matthews. I sort of felt like almost like something was cut out where he had, like, more scenes or that came up or something because it's like most of the class doesn't know... Like, it's not like throughout this episode they were making fun of
0: him and calling him Baboon. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, you would want Maya to say it, is the thing. Yeah. That correction by Harvey only makes sense if, for instance, in the next class, Maya said, you know, thanks, Mr. Baboon, or whatever. And
1: read the yeah. whole class thought it was funny or something. Yeah, yeah and then...
2: Yeah. Harley's just like, hey, his name's Mr. Matthews yeah. or something.
0: Right, and then he, you know, undoes his own ill. Yeah, yeah I know. feel like
2: that would have been a really good storyline, actually, for, like, A, Corey to have some kind of insecure flaw. Maybe that's where Riley gets it. Though so I do
0: see that we he's obviously overcome it by yeah. joking so lightly about, oh, I'm a teacher, I have no money. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then we wanted to end out this mail time with an email Uh,
1: We got a very nice email from Josh Taylor.
2: Uh, He runs another Girl Meets World podcast, actually. So it's interesting to get feedback from people who are in a similar position as us.
1: Yeah, and also, if you want to send an email, you can do so by...
2: Emailing us at gmwpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes, please do. Um, So he says, Hi, guys. My name is Josh Taylor. My wife and I host another Girl Meets World podcast online. I, (laughs) I just wanted to drop you guys a line and say, hey... We're pumped about the community that's been built around the show and love all the podcasts that have been popping up. Hopefully we can start to build a bit of a podcast community around the show as well. Your podcast is great, the perspectives are cool, and you guys are fun to listen to. Anyway, if there's anything we can do for you guys, just let us know. Hope you're doing well. Enjoy Meets Flaws tonight, Josh. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you so much. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast and sort of... Seeing the differences and similarities and how you guys do it. And, you know, it's fun to listen to you two. You guys are fun. And just great hearing from other podcasts.
2: So, yeah, thank you, Josh. And, you know, in regards to the community aspect, we do want that. Obviously, it's good for a good amount of people to, you know, critique the show because that's how it'll get better if our thoughts can reach someone in a position like the writers or something like... Something to that degree.
1: Yeah, but also, I mean... The real reason that, like, I entered into this is the community. It's all about, like, Mm -hmm. I love doing mail time. I love hearing from you guys and tweeting with you guys and, you know, building that community as much as possible because it is just a really fun show to talk about. Yeah, the
2: fandom is great. We've had a lot of great feedback. I really love mail time and talking to you guys. Your input is really interesting and even if we don't agree all the time, it's still... Yeah. good to hear what you're saying because I mean, that's the whole point yeah
1: that, exactly we always try to throw in opposing opinions in the mail time because that's what matters you know it matters to get everybody's voices in there it's all about the community and so if you want to get your voice in here there's a few ways you can do that you can follow us on twitter at gmwpodcast uh, and tweet at us you can check out our blog gmwpodcast.wordpress.com that has our youtube videos that has our everything has our contact form It has
2: our everything, our social security numbers are on there, guys.
1: (laughs) Please check us out on iTunes, rate us, review us, subscribe to us. Um, Our YouTube is GMW Podcast. Um, But that actually brings me to the last point of our podcast, which is that it's hiatus time. Um, I don't know, I don't, as far as I know, they haven't announced when things come back, or what the first episode comes back.
2: Well, they just Um, graduated, so. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, we have a big Halloween Spectacular planned
0: spectacular
1: (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know that we'll have an episode next week because we'll probably be prepping that halloween thing for probably about two Mm -hmm. weeks so we'll probably have one come out the friday or around around actually we're gonna say on halloween
2: yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah.
1: all right i'm pretty sure yeah so i'm pretty positive that our next podcast will come out on halloween day and then from there we have plans we'll figure out yeah depending on how
2: long the hiatus is tweeted us well we just sent you all of our (laughs) we just told you all of our contact (laughs) info so use one of those ways and if you have any ideas or something you want to hear from us let us know
1: yeah and so i mean we've had we've been kicking around a couple ideas but we'd love to if you had suggestions about hiatus episodes to do um you know
0: sort of
2: we can I, finally do our decom one, because <laughs> guess who DVR'd Phantom of the Megaplex, everyone?
0: <laughs> guess who just set off the audio levels?
2: I- I'm sorry, headphones. And thank
1: you again to Emily for letting us know about Phantom of the Megaplex. Love um, you. And yeah, and so we've also, we've thrown around different ideas, maybe like a season one of Boy Meets World sort of review episode, um, possibly an episode about our least favorite Boy Meets World episodes. And sort of where we, which episodes, which which parts of the show we thought went wrong. I would actually love to do one on the Lauren story arc. I don't know how. I'd you like to compare
0: nope. Riley and Lizzie McGuire. Riley and Lizzie McGuire, oh, yeah. as people, okay, as thought, characters, okay. Yeah, because it's about how that. they're insecure, they're bumbling through. I life. don't
1: know how I would do that. I have to make, a lot of Lizzie McGuire because I barely remember that. I mean, I loved it when I watched it. But... So her
2: and Lucas are gonna have their <laughs> finale kiss in Italy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, as always, thank you for listening, and remember,
0: dream, try, do good, class Class dismissed.